Hey, what's going on? Welcome back to the James Kennedy Podcast. Thanks for listening in. We've got an important one today, guys, and we've got a brilliant guest coming up in just a bit who's going to be talking to us about the issue of men's mental health, and I hope you'll take the time to listen to the whole thing. Like you, I've got many friends who suffer with mental health issues. I've, I've had many of those struggles myself and continue to do so in many ways. You know, I suppose it's an ongoing battle. And sadly, like you, I'm sure, I've lost people as well who have been defeated by those battles and have taken their own life. Now, the statistics on men's mental health are not good. Um, 75% of deaths by suicide are men. Let me just repeat that. 75% of deaths by suicide are men. And this is even crazier. For men under 50, that is all men under 50, the single biggest cause of death is suicide. Now, this is something that we should all be concerned about and we should all know more about because with figures like that, it's inevitable that this is going to affect your life in some way at some point. Now, there are many theories as to why this seems to be, at the extreme end at least, a, an exclusively male problem. But I'd like to state just at the start of this that I am aware that it isn't an exclusively male problem. Everybody has mental health struggles. And I will definitely be doing a more universal, non-gender-specific episode on mental health, hopefully very soon. But today we are focusing exclusively on the issue of men's mental health. Why is it so difficult for men to talk or acknowledge or confront their struggles? Why is there still such a social stigma around men having normal vulnerabilities? Why is it that we have those absolutely unfathomable statistics that I just mentioned? And more importantly, what can we do about it? Now, this is not going to be, you know, a bleak, depressing, morbid affair for the next hour, I promise you. The whole purpose of the conversation we're going to be having with our guest today is more about gaining some constructive, positive, productive and useful things that we can all do to move ourselves more into the light. And I would urge everyone, no matter how desperate you might feel or how despondent or pointless it might all seem, please just spare an hour to listen to some of the brilliant information that's going to be in the following conversation. And if you're a relative or a loved one or a friend of someone who you know is struggling, please listen to it as well, because there's going to be a lot of good stuff here. And because this is so important, I'm not even going to do the whole preamble nag that I always do about subscribing to the podcast. We're just going to cut straight down to business. We are joined today by Luke Ambler, co-founder of the incredible men's mental health charity Andy's Man Club. Founded in 2016 after the suicide of his brother-in-law, Andrew Roberts, Luke's brilliant work helps over two and a half thousand men all across the country every week and earned him the Queen's Award for Voluntary Service in 2021. This guy is changing lives and saving lives, and he's got a lot of good things to say. So please listen to the end, and please welcome onto the podcast, Mr. Luke Ambler. How are you, sir? Yeah, really good, thank you. Thanks for uh, having us on. Well, thank you for being here, man, and thanks for everything that you've done up until now as well, with the brilliant and beautiful work that you've done. Uh, we're going to get into all that today, but I'd first like to start with, what is Andy's Man Club, and how did it get started? So the what is talking groups for men, basically, in a, in a very simple way to explain it. We have talking groups uh, in a hundred plus locations all over the UK. And men just like uh, us, you know, going through storms, meet up, they have a brew, they have a chat in a, in a real simple uh, model and format but that works. Uh, and we're attracting, you know, over 2,600 men a week now. Wow. So big, big numbers. Um, so how it started was, why does it exist? Is my brother-in-law, Andrew Roberts, died by suicide back in April 2016. So I came up with an idea that we need to get men talking. So I approached my mother-in-law about uh, doing it in his name, and uh, she agreed. And then 
I then went and set that up alongside Elaine. And then about a month later, I started a campaign called It's Okay to Talk, which just completely blew up. We could, you know, smart as a start at one point, they're tech guys that had reached over 100 million people. Wow. So, yeah, we're trending like number two on Twitter at one point. It was Jesus. huge. And it just skyrocketed the awareness side of things, which I think um, you'll probably agree, you know, this last five, six years has been a big boom in talking about male mental health, which is amazing. Um, I'm not putting it all down to that. I think that it did start, did spark a, um, a fire that were already there in a lot of people. And then what I didn't want to do, though, was just tell men to talk, just break down stigmas, or to give guys a safe space and platform to do so. And that's what we created with Andy Mankell. Absolutely incredible. And what were you doing for your work before that? What was your life like prior to all this starting? Yeah, so I was a professional rugby player. So wow. That's I did. And yeah, so I played, I played professional rugby and also had a speaking business alongside, talking about mindset, motivation, mental well-being, right. which is what I still do now. So everything charity related, I do voluntary. So I don't work for the charity. We have 17 staff that do, who I directly, you could say, line manage. Right. So I'm chair of the, chair of the trustees. Uh, but I also sit as voluntary CEO and oversee the general manager and everyone else. So um, it's it's busy, um, but although, you know I would change it for the world because it obviously be a lot nicer having Andy back and not having this. But yeah. I'm a big believer in you've got to, you know play the play the cards that you do have, not look at what hand you could have had. So um, this is the cards that we dealt. This is the the hand that we've played, and it's helping a lot a lot of people, which is is beautiful. It is beautiful, man. I mean, what you've done is turn something so tragic and traumatic and dark into something so positive and helpful for so many people. And I know that you've changed so many lives. And is it true that you were awarded the Queen's Award in 2021? Is that right? Yeah, we've uh, been very fortunate um, with awards. And the beautiful thing about MCs is that we don't do anything we do for awards. And yeah. I think as a result, that's probably why we ended up winning quite a lot of awards. Right. We've won the Queen's Award, National Diversity Award, Just Giving Awards. The, the list goes on, but for us, as we say, or as I say in any speech I ever do up there, it, as nice as this is winning this, it, it's not a reflection of who we are or why we do what we do. No. Um, the, bo- the only bonus of winning this award is because it might make, raise some more awareness and it might get that 100%. one man through that door, yeah. which is what, what we're all about, really. Yeah, when you've got an organisation growing at the rate as for the last six years, it's about trying to keep everyone's feet on ground. Mm. It's quite easy to get carried away with the big stuff that happens. You know, we've got a lot of partnerships going on at the minute. Big, big name, you know, brands wanting to be all over us and collaborate with us. But as I always say, a team, it's, you know, don't let success go to your head, but also don't let failure go to your heart. Mm, I like that. Yeah, yeah, I'm guessing your background in motivational speaking and sport probably places you very well for doing a job like this. I mean, is that the case or have you had your own experience and your own battles and struggles in the past as well to draw from? No, definitely overcome um, quite a bit. You know, my, my Probably the, the main reason why I started on this man club is not because of Andy. I think there's already frustration there because I already, already had an idea to start something within the mental wellbeing space. I had a gym at the time and I had a, a room at the side that I thought made a great classroom and, and I'd already started delivering workshops right. for disengaged youths, but not just youths, all, all you know, young adults as well. Um, so I think when, when Andy died, it was tough because I'd been through, you know, if we talk about just just the, the major 
setbacks. You know, the, the short stories is uh, eight-year-old parents separated. There's no uniqueness to that. Everyone's had separations in their life, and we all deal with them very differently as well. My way was comfy eating, so you can imagine a kid comfy eating, going to school, you know, being a very, very big kid, very, right. very big kid. And then my dad won custody, and then mum has a car crash, which leaves her with a, a severe mental illness, slight brain damage, and a mental illness where she has drop attacks that she starts to this day. So my mum will just, brain will just switch off, and she'll lick the deck. First plant inch can knock a teeth out, break wow. a jaw cheek, and wow. she's done it. So growing up, understanding mental illness, and then mental health, as a result of most mental illness, her mental health suffered. So she had anxiety that bad that she didn't leave her house for four years, not once depression upon being suicidal so i understand mental health from a very young age right you know i've had my own insecurities and um when i was younger they'd call me a natural warrior now we diagnose someone with severe anxiety right um so yeah i get i guess i like to tell the stories different nowadays i used to you know there's been all sorts that's happened in between that with my mom and getting let go from lee dryness and um, i used to tell it in a very victim way this happened to me. But if everything didn't happen how it did, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So I think exactly. at some point you've got to rewrite the story of what you tell yourself about what happened because cards are dealt to us all, all the time, aren't they? And I think we've just got to get to a point where we can accept where we're at, whether that's positively or negatively, then build on that. And that's the other way we can and get ourselves back up. Such a great outlook, man. And I think because of that, and the story you just shared, you're not just someone who is talking about this from a motivational perspective or, you know, something that you've been trained in. You do have that personal experience to draw from, from within your own family and from within yourself and your own struggles and your own journey. 100%. I think you'd be very rare that you meet anyone that, that I probably work with 100,000 people a year on a normal year. And, and I'm yet to meet anyone from CEO level to uh, prisoners in prison who I work with that have uh, not been through some form of storm. Like you say, the, the level of intensity of that storm usually comes down to a variety of things from how we deal with stuff. And, and I know a lot of people use that sometimes as they get out, like we all deal with things differently. My own parents will say stuff, yeah, but we all deal with things differently. That's, but that don't make it right. You know, if someone can deal with something in a way that helps them progress and someone deals with it in a way that, that helps them regress and they turn to drugs and they turn to drink and they become depressed and anxious that's clearly not a positive way to deal with what's going on great point especially you know i think why andy's man club works if i'm being completely open honest is is i fucking love life and if you think of what the opposite to suicide is it's life appreciation so i think i'm continually a, a walking experiment myself so i'm doing a lot of things right now um daily habits that i'm putting myself into uncomfortable positions to see the overall benefits and hopefully then pass that back to people. So it's not just a, a stand up front and talk to people or a lead yep. this organization and tell people what to do. I try and hope that I'm leading by example each and every day. Oh, you totally are, man. Jesus. Um, and I suppose we should probably address the elephant in the living room at this point as well is, I mean, I know the answer to this question, but I'm going to ask it anyway, because I think it opens up a whole lot of other questions around men's mental health specifically. But why is Andy's Man Club only for men? So in the early days when we first started, it was just that um, all the stats were saying that male suicide was, you know, accounting for three and four suicides. 
And then when the first night happened and we put it out for men to talk, it was, ne- it was never a, like, a, we don't want women to come, because Elaine came to that first session. And then Elaine said to me after, I think they might be more comfortable if there's not a lady there. Mm. Some guys would be more comfortable speaking to, to a woman, but with some of the topics that come up on the days, um, could be around about domestic violence in terms of the guy receiving that from his partner. Right? It could be something to do with some insecurities around his body or whatever. You know, yeah. the, the, the topics are so uh, wide, you know, varying that we just felt at the time that, that men were speaking better to just men, to right. strangers, so that it became this safe space for men. Yeah, no, I totally understand that, man. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think it's very easy, you know, when you have these in- invisible struggles to believe that they're only happening to you. And, you know, sometimes the best cure, I think, is to vent it out or laugh it out with a bunch of mates over a drink and, you know, realize that actually, you know, we're all feeling the same way. And it's almost like a normal part of, of the human experience, you know. I mean, God knows I've been through it, man. I mean, I've done therapy. I'm still going through it now in many ways. You know, I mean, I cut out booze for three and a half years and then go back on it again big time. Something I'm trying to get a handle on again. You know, I'm currently working on, um, you know, doing some yoga and some meditation and some exercise and changing my diet. And I've recently discovered the, the magic of breath work, which has changed my life. So it's an ongoing project. You know, you're never really at the top of the hill. Um, so I can totally relate in my own way as well well but unfortunately for many people these struggles and these battles can make them quite solitary or withdrawn or isolated or or they just bury it away you know so that people around them would have no idea they were even going through it and all of those things compound the problem and just make it all so much worse you know and forms a kind of a feedback loop of negative self-confirmation or something you know so by breaking that cycle and getting men talking in a neutral and supportive space around other people who understand exactly how they feel i think it's so important into breaking those cycles but why is it then do you think that there is still such a stigma around men's mental health and why is it still such a difficult taboo subject for men i think it's three reasons it's burden weakness, embarrassment, and I don't just think these are just for men because suicide in females is on the up because with equality and with you know gender equality, um, when you tip the scales, um, everything tips. Mm. So females now are becoming more masculine, and that is proven in the way that females are taking their life. Females, and I won't go into methods, but females used to take their lives in a certain way which was considered more feminine. Um, and they were a masculine way to take your life, and that's um, definitely turning. And I believe that, just look at uh, roles, uh, you know. So at one point, my granddad might have gone to work, Nana might not. Mum might have started going to work part-time or moved full-time, and now my wife and everyone's, most people's partners work full-time just like they do. Um, and societally, it's changing, it's tipping. Right. So the three stigmas are for both male and female, majority, which is burden, weakness, embarrassment. And you'll probably experience it yourself. Burden is that you don't want to tell someone what you're going through is close to you because you don't want to put your shit onto them because you know that they've got their own stuff to deal with. Right. You don't need yours on top. Yeah. Burden is, is bullshit because um, I know from first hand that you know, Andy taking his life left a far greater burden than right. whatever you're going through. Yeah. The next one is weakness because... I don't think this is weakness in the, in the typical sense of what most people think. I think the weakness comes because we live in a, live in a success-driven society mm. and everyone wants to be successful, but yet majority of people don't know what success is. And I speak to blue-chip companies, multinational companies, and I'll ask them, I'll put your hand up if you want to be successful. 
everyone in the room will put their hand up, maybe by one stubborn person. Um, or the person really believes that they, they're there. And then I'll ask them to put their hand down and I'll ask them to put their hand up again if they know what success is. And six people of a room of three, four, five hundred mm. people might put their hand up. Right. And I always find that that's crazy that we're all striving to be something, yet the majority of us don't know what it is. So by giving away weakness, we then, or perceived weakness, we then believe that we're not going to get to this idea that we're going to be successful and strong and masculine and you know and winners. Where actually, I believe that true vulnerability is strength. And vulnerability is doing something that you don't know the outcome, which is asking someone out on a date, going for a job interview, taking that chance in life, going traveling, whatever it may be, opening up about your sexuality, opening up about your mental health, because you don't know. But the problem you've got is, is that you could open up about your sexuality to your dad who just may not understand it and he may reject the idea that you are gay or, you know, you want to transition your sex or your gender. That don't mean then that everyone else in the world is going to mm. accept that. Just yeah. like if you want to open up to one that you're suicidal or that mental health's uh, poor right now. Just because the first person doesn't understand it doesn't mean that everyone else will. So by being vulnerable more times than not, it helps to create strength. But I do believe that talking is only the start. I believe that we can all sit and talk about problems all day long, but unless another action comes from the talking. So my theory now is that talking helps to get rid of the shit, the bad stuff, the darkness. The actions that you do away from that then helps put the good back in there. So you mentioned a few good activities earlier, breath work, meditating, um, natural sunlight, getting outdoors, exercising. All these create the opposite to sitting and bottling up your feelings, yeah. which is an increase in dopamine serotonin which will you know releases or decreases stress anxiety depression thoughts of isolation and loneliness yeah and then probably because as a result we'll be more confident we're more confident to talk to people and make friends and be around people so true strength is being vulnerable but being vulnerable to not only be courageous to talk about your problems but to deal with them and then to move forward with that baggage and the last one is embarrassment you know we live in a culture where um we don't want to give anything away about ourselves that could be used against us in any type type of way by an employer, by a friendship group. So sometimes it feels easy just to keep that to yourself. But once you understand that everyone you know is fighting a battle you know nothing about, yeah. the embarrassment goes away because embarrassment is only something that's unique to you. When you realize that everyone's going through that same storm, everyone's been through that shit, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. But again, it takes acceptance to understand that. 100%. Dude, I agree with everything you're saying. And I've experienced a lot of it myself within my own journey and amongst my peers and stuff and people that I've been around. So yeah, I completely, uh, I completely echo everything you're saying. I mean, action is the important thing, isn't it? I mean, for me, I've been in those ruts and they can last months or years. And then eventually, like, I, I would say that my biggest rewards in life have come from those times when I've hit rock bottom. When you get to the point where you snap and you think, actually, no, I'm going to do something about this. I can't wake up another day feeling like this anymore. And that's when you do something about it. And it's hard and it's difficult and it's scary and it's, you know, it's challenging and terrifying, you know, to confront some of your demons and to try and do something about it. But when you push through and you come through the other side, you look back and you think, man, that was the best thing that ever happened to me. My life is so much better now as a result of dealing with that rather than just ignoring it or burying it under booze or whatever it might be you know um or just wallowing in self-pity you know the, uh, some of some of my lowest points have been my my biggest awakenings you know so i 100 percent agree with that um so when people come to the club then 
What can they expect? Uh, it's primarily a safe space where men can talk and be vulnerable and open about whatever, you know, amongst other people who are also going through similar journeys. That's the primary thing. So what can people expect when they turn up on day one? Yeah, it's good you've, you've highlighted that because there, there is a difference. This is what I've got to claim between what I personally do and what AMC does. Right. So there, there's a difference there, which we, we might be able to elaborate on the difference later in terms of AMC is a set model. So, you know, the stuff that I do in the morning, cold showers and all that stuff, that enforced upon people I even recommended at AMC. There's a very different two. We're just talking about AMC specifically. Okay. There's two arms to AMC. One is the groups and one is like the awareness side of things and the breaking stigmas. We talk about the groups on a Monday night. What happens is, is a guy um, will walk through the door. There'll be some some guys at the door we'll call facilitators. Those facilitators will be there to welcome you. They're not paid. They're volunteers. They're guys who walk through the very same door that you walk through at some point, whether it's at that venue you're at or a, a town down the road, and then they've come to their town and set up a group in their area. So they know either what you've been through or they've been through something similar and come through the other side. Um, you'll then get invited in to come in. You know, they'll introduce it. You'll get through. You'll sit down in a big circle, you know, and uh, um, the facilitator, the main facilitator, will just give you the, the list of rules, stuff we don't talk about, which is like religion, politics, um, that type of thing. And then it'll just kick start off with uh, just your name and a positive reason for being there. And you don't need to use your real name if you don't want. You can right. use a made-up name because it's, you know, it's it's that you. But just a positive reason for being there, just to get you um, comfortable in being able to open up. And then it's always, how's your week been? You know, the second question round, the third question always be, is anything to get off your chest? And it's up to you. You can pass the ball on with a ball that goes round. You can pass that ball on every time or you can share. And the, uh, the third, sorry, the first question is, is how's your, first question is, name a positive reason for being there. Then you'll get, how's your week been? Then you'll get positive from your week and then anything to get off your chest. Right. And then after that, the fourth and fifth question, or in this case, fifth and sixth, if we're counting the name of positive reason, is that they'll change every week. And that might be, what's a goal you've got between now and, and next week? Quick fire might be someone who you're appreciative right now in your life. Why? Right. Um, and then that fire, it's just to give you them little seeds of hope that there is people in your life. You can have a goal. Yes. So right. You can have that little bit of inspiration and move forward next week. Providing a bit of balance to what you might be caught up in in your head, you know. 100%. So you've got the positives you've got a big negative and then you've got a couple of positives to finish to hopefully help to rewire some of them, them thought processes that you've been having love it yeah that's no, such a brilliant thing man um and you said there's a difference in the official kind of amc model um compared to um some of the things that you talk about personally uh, i mean i'm guessing with your background in sports and motivational speaking and things you've probably got a lot to offer that might not fit in with the um the amc talking model so i'd be interested to, to hear some of that in cases of use to anyone listening who's going through some of this stuff no, so what we're trying to say is, is that some of the stuff I'm talking to you about today and, and the, the way that, that I approach stuff um, isn't it? So AMC is a, is a model now. Yeah. It's a model that works. So each facilitator is going to sit and talk to you about or be as blunt as I am. They're there to listen. Right. They're there to guide. Where my approach is maybe a little bit more, you've got to deal with what's going on. AMC, it's not really um, necessarily like that. In, in that sense, it's more of a, um, a softer love. Right. So it's more of an arm around your shoulder. Uh, let's talk about how we feel, which is amazing. And the questions do that process. And then that brotherhood that, that's often banded around is created where you can go on that journey with people then. And either you come for a few weeks and you leave and you get back on with your life or 
you might become a facilitator yourself and you might start a group in your area. And oh, you, wow. that. you know, we have over a thousand facilitators now across the country uh, who are all volunteers. And that's not including the tens of thousands of actual volunteers that we have who do events and raise awareness for us. So. It's incredible, man. Such incredible work you're doing and, and, and still going strong as well, you know, going from strength to strength, if anything. I mean, it must be amazing to see it blossom into what it has. Um, I mean, the figures who quoted this speak for themselves, but I'd be interested to know what effects on people have you actually seen in the field as a result of attending Andy's Man Club? So first of all, ABC won't work for everyone, but it is there for everyone. Not everyone's going to come and thrive in it. And I have to say that because sometimes I think that if someone's listening to this podcast and they think this could be my saving grace and they turn mm. up and it's not quite for them. Right. But also what I'd say to those people is give it a few weeks. Give it a few weeks. Don't just come once and think it's not for me because I can guarantee if you go to your first PT session, you're probably not going to like it either. Yeah, you like, ah, your first yeah. cold water session, your first yoga session. Yeah, yeah. But once you get into it and you start to understand the benefits it's having, it'll help. But I could give you thousands of stories of, sure, of people yeah. and their lives of, uh, gone from survival mode to thriving mode, you know, from um, not wanting to be here anymore to suddenly getting job promotions and seeing the kids or being a better father, uh, being a better human being, being coming a part of our facilitator team and helping other guys, starting groups in their areas and, and, and then maybe even now working for the charity. You know, so the, the list goes on of those people. One story always stands out for me of uh, we get thousands of emails saying the group saved my dad's life, my brother's life, my uncle's life. Amazing. and. They don't lose impact, but because the words on the screen, it's very different to when you actually see, like I did recently, last year, a dad drop his kid off at school uh, in a class down from my daughter's and he approached me and just said, you're the Andy's Man Club guy. I said, yeah, he says, um, I, um, I said, thank you. I want to be able to drop my daughter off today for your group. So when times like that happen, it's pinch yourself moment where yeah. this is why we started. This is why we cast. Yeah, no, it, it's 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 amazing work, and you know, I, I salute you, and as I'm sure all of the listeners. Well, I personally got friends. I was introduced to Andy's Man Club by some friends of mine who'd been, and it, and they said it changed their life, and now they are. And I can personally vouch for the fact that they're in a much better place now. They got rid of all the, the habits and the bad behaviors and the things that they were attached to. Uh, that's all gone. They're living much better lives, much more fruitful lives, and uh, yeah. So we we all thank you for that. So I can say from myself that I I know people who've personally benefited from it. Um, so yeah, it must be an incredible thing to, to 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 see blossom from you know from your own tragedy into what it is now. Um, you mentioned that you have a much more uh, direct, hands-on approach. I'm guessing that comes from a background in sport. Uh, what would your? I mean, this this is completely. I'll, I'll say unconnected to the AMC model. This is this is Luke Ambler talking as a person. Uh, what would your personal uh, approach be? You said it's a bit more uh, a bit more forthcoming. No, what I mean by that, it's not like uh, army style. I just mean like, <laughs> I believe that the, the talking helps, and what you do after that, what you do in the six days that you're not there, is as important mm. as the one hour that you are, two hours that you okay. are there. So for me, the minute I'm, I'm 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 reading a lot and I'm learning a lot, as I've done for the last ten years, but then implementing it. So like I eat a, a whole food diet, right? You know, um, I think the diet is so undervalued uh, in terms of our mental health. Um, I believe that we live in a site where it's like one one won't hurt me, but we'd never have one because we're extreme. So when you say about going for a pint with a friend, mm. it never ends up just being a pint with a friend unless. I've got that self-control. Most right. people, when they're struggling, they'll go out for a big session. That mm, session might take two, three days. Good point. And then you've got this constant ebb and flow. Yeah. There's never a, a, a middle path, as we call it in Buddhism, a, mi- a middle path along the line. Right. 
Um, for me, I've, I've developed since Boxing Day a real stringent routine. Of, of I get up every day, I do three rounds of breath work, I get a three-minute cold shower. And the cold shower like this morning where I'm living, if you can't see, but it's, it's snowing up here, it's minus three degrees. So the cold temperature coming this morning was horrendous. Um, but I feel amazing now. Uh, I do simple stuff like I take magnesium before bed every night. Okay. Because uh, the, the studies around magnesium in, in terms of physical and mental health are astronomical the, the, in what it does. Um, and then I exercise. I, I, I'm obviously quite an extreme character. I'm training for two Ironman this year. Wow. Potentially uh, down in Wales, depending on how I do. So I've got a real stringent. Uh, I'm doing some. So I did a post yesterday. So I'm doing a challenge where I plan to stick to a series of things for a full year without following. That's awesome. Right? It's, normally, it's normally called 75 hard. So it's normally 75 days of this challenge I've done before. I decided after doing Boxing Day and New Year's Day that I added a couple extra things like the breathwork and the cold shower and that I wanted to try this for a full year to see what are the benefits of committing just one year of your life because I've committed the other way and I've had junk food for a year and drank for a year and True. not exercised for a year. Yep. But what is it like when you truly commit? And then what I put at the end of the post is, regardless if you want to do an extreme challenge or not, if you can just drink more water with electrolytes, read slash educate yourself daily, whether it's five pages of a book, whatever it may be, eat a majority whole food diet and get outside and exercise in whatever form that may be, whether you be going for a walk daily, whatever that, that may be, you give yourself a much better chance of progressing in your life and going from what I like to call coping strategies, which is what we get told, to thriving strategies. Yeah. Because what I want to get to a point is, is where mental health is spoke about in terms of anxiety and depression. It's spoke about in terms of self-confidence, self-belief, um, being patient, being calm, uh, being present. Because a lot of the time we speak about poor mental health, and I don't think there's enough talk on positive mental health right. and then people will often say you don't know what it feels like to not be able to want to get up like I don't know what that feels like, like they assume that I don't know what that feels like mm. but I also know what it feels like to constantly ruminate with your thoughts and feel heavy 100%. feel like you don't have no motivation yep. feel like you don't want to move forward with life so doing that cold shower which for three minutes as an example is horrendous at that moment <laughs> I know the benefits that that gives me for the rest of the day. Okay. I know that drinking a certain amount of water, which might have to force down, um, although supping two, three pints is, is easy for most people. Mm. Getting two, three pints of water in is very hard. But once your cells are hydrated, it gives you more energy. And if you actually just sat here on a very simplistic model and thought, where's my mental health? Where's my mental health suffering? Where's my energy levels? Very low. What sort of activities am I doing? I'm drinking, maybe. I'm sitting around. All these, I'm watching TV, I'm spending time on social media, I'm consuming in my thoughts. All those are energy-taking activities. Yep. Energy-giving activities are things like breath work, hydrating your body, eating whole foods, going out and exercising in any capacity that, that may be. And all these are energy-giving activities. And I believe if we could start doing more energy-giving activities, which take more energy to get started, as a whole society will start to feel better. No, I totally agree, man. I mean, I recently read a book which changed my life. It was called The Body Keeps the Score by a guy called Bessel van der Kolk. And uh, it's all about how trauma can manifest itself in your um, physiology as such. So you might not be consciously aware of it, but 
it's there in your body it's there in your immune system it's there in your fatigue it's there in your in your tension it's there in your headaches or your agitation or your fidgetiness or your inability to sleep or you know what whatever it is it, it's almost like it leaves an imprint on your physiology and your nervous system and this doesn't have to be you know war veteran level stuff this can just be childhood shit you know what i mean just like the environments that we're raised in whether it's at home or in school or wherever it can just be a thousand micro events add up to the same net effect as you know one massive trauma you know i think i think it's called complex ptsd and it's manifested in your body so if you're able to tune into that you're able to to read the signals then of what your underlying kind of tensions may be the complication with that comes in when you're someone like me who who dealt with things by kind of numbing themselves, which is why I guess alcohol would be my drug of choice and stuff like that. You're, you're actually numbing yourself into what your body or your brain is telling you, which is the reverse of what you should be doing. If you're able to tune in better to, to what your body is telling you and, and, and realize, hey, man, why is my chest tight? You know, I'm just watching a movie. <laughs> you know, why am I gripping the side of the sofa or grinding my teeth when I sleep? You know, well, why can't I sit still? You know, it, all of these things, it's kind of we're used to it so we don't notice it but as soon as you're able to become aware of it and tune into it you realize oh actually yeah this is like some childhood shit that i'm dragging through my life with me it's absolutely fascinating read man and he goes on to explain how to break that cycle it is to basically reconnect with your physical sensations and tune more into it um and the way that you can do that is things such as like i mentioned earlier you know yoga exercise nature um, breath work and the breath work I've got to be honest man like I hold my breath a lot I don't even realize I'm doing it I've been doing it so long and that affects everything it affects your heart rate it affects your lungs it affects the oxygen getting to your brain you, you know your brain fog all that sort of stuff and I, I often you know hold my breath for like most of the day it's kind of like an underlying tension that I just haven't been aware of for the, like the first 40 years of my life so doing breath work has been an absolute game changer for me it's just like breathing deeply and slowly and controlling my inner kind of tension it's fucking hard work but i'm telling you man the results have been absolutely mind-blowing in a really short space of time so i'm 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 hooked on that shit that's you know for me that's been a game changer but i'm very new to to all this stuff i mean i only read that book like a few weeks ago so i'm still kind of digesting a lot of it but you said yourself that you do breath work as well and and i know that you are a lot more um further down the road with all this stuff than i am so i'd be interested to know you know what kind of breath work do you do and can you share any tips for the listeners Brilliantly said. I think there's, there's a variety of way of doing breath work. Um, mine is um, the Wim Hof model. So it's more about oxygenating the body. So uh, to give you a, a brief example, I do 30 breaths, which are quite powerful breaths. So you, you're breathing quite hard. So for your mouth, it's like, <gasps> then you just let go. <gasps> okay. Like that as an example. On the 30th breath, you let out, and then you hold your breath until it gets not too uncomfortable, but until you can't anymore. Then you breathe in and you hold that breath for 10, 15 seconds. Then that's round one. And I do three rounds of that. Wow. So there's a, there's a lot of uh, studies, you know, I know we must done a lot of studies on this. Um, so I've, I've followed Buddhism for a long time. So I've understood the breath and, and grounding and being present. But this is more to, to really oxygenate the blood, relieve stress. Um, and it just sets me off the day, primes me, really, primes me uh, and fires me up, I guess, because um, it gives you a big surge of oxygen. 
100%. Yeah. And I didn't realize how much difference that makes because, like I say, I tend to hold my breath and breathe very shallow. And um, yeah, I get like heart pain and chest pain and all sorts of things. As soon as I started oxygenating myself in the morning and throughout the day, I'm just more mindful of my breath now. Uh, I feel so much better. And everything you've said, I can vouch for because I'm currently doing it myself, hydrating more. You know, I, I was previously hydrating myself with bourbon and whiskey, which I still love. Yeah. You know, they're the fruits of life. Got to enjoy yourself too, you know, but I don't do it every night now. And I tell you one, I tell you one thing for definite since i've not been drinking every night i've just been hydrating and going to bed early and getting some routine and doing breath work and doing yoga been sleeping like a baby feeling a million times better just as a result of doing that you know what i mean and and then that doesn't take away the demons and the challenges but it makes me a bit more able to to see them for what they are and gives me the strength to confront them because i got i got the reserve in the tank you know what i mean that's the the big one and i think what people don't understand is is and, and the other one i meant to say uh, when I was talking about the things that I believe in, is sleep. So I had a friend text me uh, last night, actually. So I used to be a really um, get-up-and-go-early-morning guy. Mm. Uh, and it's not until I've truly understood sleep. that um, So I'd be a guy that get up at half four and go running. I'd do something wow. crazy in it. Motivational speaker type. Let's go. Get yeah, up, come get on, out. guys. <laughs> yeah, and then I realized... Um, can type in actually if you type in um your followers and listeners won't be seeming now but if you type in luke ambler or, uh, sorry andy's man club on youtube it's a lab bible second video there's a, a, a video of me in fact what i'll try to do is i'll try and show you for a little bit of foot oh, you can't i can't see it but um can't share screen you could see the difference in how old i look there okay and loads of studies that uh, weight gain comes from lack of sleep because of the uh, increasing cortisol, your body's yep. uh, stress mechanism, thinking that you're not going to uh, get enough sleep, so it protects you, it stores what, what energy you've got, and it, and it holds on to it. Uh, it's also uh, aging, so pro-aging rather than anti-aging, so I make sure now that, and I've got a watch that tracks all that, I'm getting at least eight hours a night, and I have a really stringent routine before bed, around a, a hot bath, and uh, you know, getting some sort of form of heat at night. I'm very lucky that the gym I go has got a sauna, so nice. I either go for a sauna at night, which I'll do tonight. Um, and then I always believe, you know, from the studies I'm reading, it's cold in the morning, heat at night. Right, your body needs a natural temperature drop, a two degree tem- temperature drop to be able to get a good sleep. So okay. for me, it's magnesium, it's heat, and then I read my book as I get in bed, mm. uh, and I've got ten pages to read every day. And when I'm on page six, I'm already nodding off. Yeah. Uh, and then, then I'm asleep. But also other stuff that people don't talk about, which helps you get to sleep, is by getting sunlight. Okay. So if you actually go and get sunlight during the day, it, it actually helps beat insomnia. So if you think about what most people do, are tired, they stay in house all day, mm. in their house. We're actually going out and getting an hour's sunlight a day. So this is where people say, oh, yeah, nature really helps me. Yeah, way more ways than, than, than what you think. Right. So you go out and even look towards the sun. You've got a natural defense mechanism called blinking. So you don't look directly at it, but around it. There's a great doctor out there called Dr. Huberman, uh, and he's doing loads of studies on this, and he's putting all sorts out there. Um, also, increasing salt intake okay. is a huge one, where we get told to decrease salt intake. But all studies have been done by people with hypertension, uh, which is why you should decrease. But those with um, normal, regular, uh, re- regulated bodies should be increasing salt and electrolytes so that they're well hydrated. Well, hydrated means you're going to sleep better at night as well. So sleep's the key. Like I 
I love sleep. Me too. Me too. I, I undervalued it for so long. I actually prided myself on being a guy that got four hours sleep a night. So like, you know, I was getting shit done. As you say, subs- as you said earlier, subscribing very much to that model of success and the modern man of having to crush it all the time, you know. And, yes, you know, crush it mentality. Yeah. Like, it's, all, all I crushed was my fucking self. <laughs> you know? Exactly. 100%. I tell you now, I'm crushing it way more now I'm sleeping, dude, honestly. 100%. And I think that's the, again, it's an energy, energy giver in it, what we're talking about. 100%. I think what's coming through loud and clear here, dude, is action. You know, you've just given the listeners a ton of actual stuff that is easily achievable by working it into your daily habit. A little walk around a block for some people who, who literally don't get out of the house for the reasons you've mentioned. That in itself is a massive fucking start. You know what I mean? Just just getting out of the house, take a walk around the block. It make you feel better. You know, make an effort to drink a glass of water in the morning, you know, rather than before you reach for the coffee or whatever. You know, these are small actions that people can work into their daily habits that I think would make a massive difference. Even at your dinner time um, at work, instead of just, you know, just sitting and, and eating, just bring your, bring your lunch on the road with you. Just go out for a 30-minute walk. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, there's, there's lots you can do, and I think it's just about actually going and doing it. That's the hardest thing, I think, is actually starting and doing it. But it, it just starts with that. I've said to people in the past and they get caught up in, oh, but I can't do this, and what, what if that happens? I say, it's, don't worry about it. It starts with a decision to change. You figure the rest out after that. You, you just say, tomorrow or today, I'm just going to start. And you figure it out as you go. That's it. It's that, it's that action. It's that... I think sometimes our people can struggle to do that if they don't have a plan. Right. If you don't have a direction, you know, you're aiming towards, whether that be, you know, a goal to feel a certain way or whatever that may be. And then an acceptance that there's going to be stumbling blocks along the way. Right. That things are going to change um, and things are going to set you back, but that's fine as long as you can stay on that path and that why strong enough, whether it's to be, you know, a better human being for your community or to be a better parent, you know, because... Because parents, you know, one thing that we often uh, neglect is is the skill of patience. Right. We all wish we could be more patient, but doing things like breath work and and uh, getting outdoors, all these slow activities that where we don't distract ourselves, they create uh, the skill of patience, don't they? And, and of, of understanding the ability to slow down yep. time. One hundred percent. I've personally benefited from. I'm the biggest stress head going. I'm a thousand miles an hour guy. Um, I don't have kids, so I fill that time with extra guilt laden stuff. You know, like right, I better do this, that, or the other instead. Then you know, and I, yeah, I've personally benefited from it. And I think, um, like you said earlier, you know, it's difficult to to, to get to the action phase. If, you know, if you haven't figured out entirely what it is, you know, you're trying to get from this, or what your demons are, or whether they are surmountable. And that's why I think what you're doing at Andy's Man Club is so essential because you. Can't can't get to that action phase until you've figured everything out so i think being in that safe space where you can talk to other people who've been through similar things or are going through it with you um it helps you figure it out it helps you realize that you're not alone and that you can do something about it so it's absolutely essential i think what you're doing um so for people listening to this who hopefully are going to be fully signed up and want to want to come along to their local group how do they get started where do they find their local group have they got to register or can they just turn up how, what do people do oh so- so the beauty is is that we don't have a referral system. We don't have a cap on numbers. So what you do is, is there's two ways. One, if you're not got a group in your area. So firstly, if you go on our website, uh, andysmanco.co.uk, there is a link where you can click and it gives you a postcode. You can put your postcode in or your address, your town, and it finds your nearest four or five clubs. Um, 
if that for any reason isn't working, because I know about some issues, just purely data, how many people have been finding their nearest club, it's put a huge demand on that system. Right. We always have a backup, which is to email info at andysmanclub.co.uk, right. and the ladies in the office will get straight back to you. Um, that, that's it, really. But we do have online groups as well for people who don't have one in their area or for whatever reason they're not comfortable leaving their house. We do have a, a inside um, sessions as well, uh, inside sessions, online sessions as well yep. from the comfort inside your house. Brilliant. That's amazing. So uh, I'll plug the links to stuff after, but just to, just to reiterate, it's andysmanclub.co.uk. There's a ton of stuff on there as well, resources and stuff like that. It's a great site. Uh, social media, you guys are on Twitter and Instagram at andysmanclubuk and Facebook at andysmanclub. So you're easier to find. And, uh, there's and LinkedIn. And LinkedIn as well. Yeah. Who, who uses LinkedIn though, really? <laughs> um, so that's amazing. So it's basically find your club and turn up, essentially. Is that what you're saying? Turn up. Right. Turn up. Um We've had guys who've sat in the car for weeks on end. But, yeah, you just turn up and, uh, you know, just just get through that door. We always say the toughest thing is getting through that door. But once you're through that door, you know, just know that what our saying is that it's okay to talk. And that's what we promote within that session. And, you know, and if it's not for you that day, try again. We'll give it a few goes. And if after three weeks it's not for you, go and find your thing, what might be for you. Um, but hopefully it will be you'll find that brotherhood you'll find that camaraderie with people who've been through those storms like you and then who knows you maybe be you might end up being the lighthouse and the shore in someone else's dark time like um, someone in that room will be for you love it love it it's a beautiful thing man and how do you guys stay afloat are you I'm guessing you're a charity so I'm guessing you survive by donations from the public yeah uh, 100% yeah we're just uh, quite unique in the fact that we never ask for donations um, if people want to donate they can that's, that's completely fine. We're awareness first organisation. Right. We like to raise awareness of our groups. Um, it's probably, in some senses, a very poor model um, to always promote awareness first, but we're doing all right this far. We have 17 staff who are banging the drum. Uh, we don't apply for any central funding. We don't uh, ask anyone for money. Uh, people kindly donate, uh, whether it's through businesses, through individuals, uh, to help keep this movement going. And uh, we'll keep the original values um, as we are which is always awareness first guys first families first and then if anything comes off the back of that to be a help us grow it's just a bonus amazing so if people listening to this are incensed to want to donate can they do that through the website as well uh yeah i would recommend emailing info and his and the ladies will, will take care of it Awesome. Okay, so that's info at andysmanclub.co.uk. If you can spare some shekels, please send it their way. Dude, thank you so much for joining us today, man. This has been such a fascinating and brilliant chat. Thanks for sharing your story with us and all of these great tips and everything that you've gained from your own personal journey as well. Um, and thanks for everything you've done to help change lives and change the narrative around men's mental health. I mean, you know, this, 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 is, this is huge, man. I mean, addressing this issue will have a massive positive effect, which will reverberate through all of society. So on behalf of all of us, we salute you and we thank you, man. I mean, what a huge achievement and a, an incredible thing to have done. You know, I, I hope you're proud of it, dude, and long may it continue to grow. Thank you so much, man. And uh, as you said, hopefully long may it continue to grow And because I still genuinely, I'm not saying this in a humble sense, believe we can scratch the surface yet. So let's see what's to come. You know, in uh, on his fifth birthday, his goal was to have opened 10 groups and we opened 50 on his, on his fifth birthday. Wow. And, and since that point, we just... Coming up to our um, seventh birthday in June, and we've now got by that point probably 150 clubs. So, if we can keep growing at the rate we are, I'll be happy. 
That's absolutely incredible. Think of the lives you've saved, man, and the lives you've changed. That, that must be such a rewarding feeling. There's still a lot to do yet. <laughs> Ever the sportsman. Eh? <laughs> well, there's still a hell of a lot to do. Well, please keep doing it, brother, because you're doing great things. Luke, thank you so much for joining us today, man. This has been a fascinating chat, and I wish you nothing but the best, and hopefully we'll see you soon. Take care, man. Thank you so much. See you later, guys. Luke Ambler, ladies and gentlemen, what a dude. Seriously, what a thing to have achieved, man. I mean, you know, <laughs> I think about what I've done with my life. You know, I've, I've made some music and wrote a book and done a podcast and taken lots of selfies and all kind of stuff that revolves around me, basically. Uh, and Luke took something, a life event that happened to him that was so tragic and traumatic. You know, the loss of his brother-in-law by suicide. It's what, a, what a horrific thing for a family to have to go through. But this is what Luke Ambler turned that experience into. He set up a charity in his brother's name, that sought to help people in a similar spot before they got to where his brother got to. And he now, as he mentioned, you know, he gets over two and uh, two and a half thousand people through the doors every week. Now that is fucking incredible. I admire the hell out of that shit, man. Honestly, that is taking the dark and turning it into light. If you're listening to this or if you know someone who's going through a similar spot, you know, Tell them to get to andysmanclub.co.uk. They can find their nearest um, branch on there. Uh, as Luke just said, you know, you just turn up and just get through the door. As soon as you're through the door, I think their tagline is come and have a brew and a chat. You know, it's, it's literally that. And just that one first brave step could be the doorway literally to changing your life. So please, if you're struggling, go and do it. If you know someone that's struggling, help them to get through that door. And for everyone listening, you know, regardless of your mental health situation, you know, you might not be in that dark place or that rut. But some of the things that that were mentioned earlier by uh, Luke and by myself, if I can claim some credit from what I basically regurgitated from a book that was written by somebody else, um, definitely please do check out some of the techniques that we talked about, such as breath work, meditation, yoga, going for a little walk around the block hydrating yourself chilling out on the booze a little bit trying to get some better sleep i can personally tell you 100 percent from my own personal experience that i'm going through right now in the past few weeks that all of that makes a massive massive difference you don't have to have uh, you know a bad mental health spot to be going through to benefit from that stuff these are things that we will all benefit from and I've been told those things for years and I'm the guy that always resists it. I'm like, oh, stupid hippies. What do they know about anything? You know, <laughs> yoga, meditation. Yeah, okay. Pass me the whiskey, baby. You know, that's, that's me. You know what I mean? But I got to a place where like I was getting these migraine headaches and vision problems and I had driving anxiety and all this weird shit. And I was like, I got to try and do something about this, man. You know, and my mother bought me this book, um, The Body Keeps the Score for Christmas, just gone, 2022. Um, and I just literally finished reading it a few weeks ago and it was absolutely mind-blowing. I would recommend everybody to go and check out that book as well if you want to learn a little bit more about how trauma stays with you, even though you might not know it's there. It's kind of snugly nestled away in your physiology. And when you read that book and he gets to the later chapter where he explains why things like meditation, yoga and exercise and going for a walk out in nature and hydration and getting better sleep and chilling out on the booze and eating healthier, when he explains why all those things work, it's just undeniable. And I read it, the biggest cynic, the biggest stress head in the world read it. And I was like, oh shit, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so I started doing it and I feel great. I feel great. You get a good night's sleep. You feel like a king, honestly. And I tell you one thing, as a, as a whiskey addict, I hate to say it, but the thing that gives me the best night's sleep is not drinking. 
And now I, there's no way I'm giving up on the bourbon, dude. I gave up drinking for three and a half years and then came back with a big grin on my face. You know, I, I, I love nothing more now than, you know, a nice, neat whiskey. But I tell you, man, during the week, if you want to wake up feeling like a champ, lay off the booze. I don't have any. Like, if I don't have any now, I, I, I sleep better which means I've got more energy to do exercise and you know, I want to eat better then and hydrate. The, ho- the whole thing comes as a package, man, honestly. If, if, you know, if, you're, if you're in a rut and you're in a tough spot, just find it within you somehow to just break that link in the chain, to just do whatever small habit or small action it is to try and break that cycle. And trust me, the rest of it would all just fall into place. Now, I'm not saying I'm a completed work yet. Far from it, dude. You know, I, had, I started having therapy like, I don't know, I don't know, 14 years ago, something like that, thinking I was a done deal when I came out of that because I felt great. I did therapy for a year and I skipped at the door thinking, I'm fixed. Uh-uh. <laughs> Life's always got some more surprises for you, man, you know? I don't think you ever get to the end of the journey. I think it's a constant work in progress. But as long as you're working in the direction of progress, then that's all that matters. Being stuck in that cycle of bullshit and darkness and self-doubt and self-loathing and self-beating and just, you know, being completely at the mercy of our demons and our insecurities and our childhood bullshit. It's such a waste of a life, you know, and there are things you can do. There really are things you can do. And if you really don't feel like you can do it by yourself or if you are too far down that tunnel, please go to Andy's Man Club. Do it. I know it takes a lot of courage to to actually admit that you need help or that you've got problems. And it takes so much more courage to get in the car or walk to your nearest Andy's Man Club and walk through the door. And it takes a hell of a lot of courage to talk about your problems or your vulnerabilities or your weaknesses or your demons or your fuck-ups or whatever it might be in front of a room full of strangers. Man, that takes courage. That is not a weak man. Doing that Take strength and courage beyond measure. That is not the sign of weakness or vulnerability. That is the sign of strength and courage. And it will be the best thing you ever did because it will be the first thing that will start your life in a whole new direction. I promise you. And I'm right along with you, man, because I'm going through all this stuff too. You know, we all are. I'm not saying this stuff as a guy, you know, who's been through it all, come out the other side and I'm now levitating above you on a, a silver yoga mat up in the clouds. You know, it's, that's, that's not what's happening here. I'm going through it right now. But, but I think the difference is, like Luke said, is you've got to do the work, man. You know, and if you can't, if you're too scared or you don't think you can or you beat yourself up too much, you don't think you're ever going to be able to change, then you need to go to Andy's Man Club, get talking, get some strength, get some solidarity, get a support group and build your confidence and your strength up to the point where you're able to do these actions because ultimately it's action and change which is going to change your life. And unfortunately for many of us, the only person that can actually change our internal habits is ourself. And that takes a hell of a lot of courage, man. You know, it's easy to be the big shot running your mouth off a high volume about what a legend you are. But, you know, those people are normally the most damaged and the most in need. And then they're normally the ones who who will find it more most difficult to do this stuff because they're not willing to accept or confront the fact that actually they're not confident. They are vulnerable. They are scared and they are they do have weaknesses and things that they want to work on. But they're still at that point where they're burying it under bravado and volume rather than actually saying, actually, I got some shit that I got to confront. When you get to the place where you're able to say, actually, I got some shit that I need to confront and I'm going to do something about it, you're on the home stretch at that point. You just got to start. Like I said, you just got to start, man. You just got to decide that tomorrow or today or Monday or wherever it is, that's the day it's going to change. 
And then you figure the rest out as you go. It all If things start to fall into place as you start walking down that road, man, you haven't got to worry about all the detail and the specifics. You, it just starts with a decision. So if you're really, really, really in a bad place, make the decision that Monday I'm going to find where my nearest Andy's Man Club is and I'm going to march through that door and I'm going to, I'm going to wrestle this demon until the fucker bothers me no more. I would love to hear your stories about mental health journeys, you know, anything that you tried, tips and advice, or if you just want to share your story, please put them in the comment on the YouTube version. That's the only reason I put these things on YouTube. I mean, there's no video. I don't know if anybody even <laughs> listens to it on YouTube, but that's why I put them on there so that you can, you can engage in the comments and you can leave your thoughts or your opinions. Um, so if you do have a story that you want to share, if you've been through this place and you've come out this side, please share it in the comments because it's great for other people people to see that they're not alone that other people have been through this and that it's possible to come out the other side and if you currently attend an andy's man club in your area please let us know how it's going and if this podcast has inspired you to go and join one or to start your mental health recovery journey please let us know as well because we'd love to hear from you and stay in touch and trade tips and anything that can be of use to anyone else on this journey as always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please give me a subscribe and please share this episode and help me to get it out there because, you know, the social media platforms don't make it easy to promote stuff anymore. They don't like you putting links in your posts. You'll notice if you follow me on Facebook or Twitter that if I do anything that has a link in it, like literally nobody will see it. Have you seen it? No, you haven't. Did you see the picture I put in my breakfast this morning? Of course you did. So... All I can do is rely on you guys to help me share it, to get it out there. Because if I try and share this episode, nobody is going to see it if I put it on Facebook. Because Mark Zuckerberg doesn't want you to have useful information. Mark Zuckerberg and all the rest of them just want you to be tied up in mindless, pointless content. Arguing amongst yourselves and looking at adverts. So I need you guys to help me push this out there and share this incredible work that Luke and others are doing. I hope everything's been great with you. Have an awesome week. And boy, have I got a good one coming next week. So stay tuned and subscribe. Love you loads.